Welcome to our Saturday simulcast, December 30th edition. Uh, this is our New Year, almost New Year's Eve edition. Um, and joined by Tom Deanhart. I'm Alan Karpik, goldenblack.com. I want to thank the Union Club Hotel, Boiler Up Bar. Uh, we were in there this week for a, a cup of coffee and a little little bit of that uh, as as the holidays were celebrated. A lot of folks on campus last night, obviously, for the Eastern Kentucky uh, game. Uh, the place was kind of buzzing just with all. Tom, you you and I were at the game for, for uh, and amazing just how many townspeople come to these games just because obviously there's, you got 5,000 students that aren't there, but uh, uh, very bustling West Lafayette last night. Yeah, you're right. Everybody likes a winner, Alan, right? <laughs> I remember, they do. I remember as a kid going to those games over the holidays, and they'd have the Lafayette Jeff Pet Band would be there to fill in yeah. the Pet Band, and it wasn't always crowded. Uh, just a different vibe without the students. But I tell you what, man, even without students now, I mean, it's you really wouldn't even notice it with the with the volume levels and the whole game day atmosphere there. Uh, um, again, you wouldn't even know the students weren't there. Just again, a great environment, Mac Arena, great home court advantage. You know, the script's unfolding nicely for Purdue, obviously. Uh, here we go. Then dive headfirst into the Big Ten season. And uh, obviously, Purdue's a clear favorite. Who knows what's going to happen to Illinois now without Terrence Shannon. There's always tough outs, Alan. You know that. You've been around a long time. Anytime you go on the road, you look at Northwestern right this year in December. So it's going to be it's going to be a fun winter is what I'm trying to say. January and February, just enjoy the ride. Uh see if Purdue can, can win another Big Ten title back-to-back. Back. And then when March gets here, Alan, March will get here. Yeah, March will get here. And you're right. It is time to enjoy the ride. It's, like I said, you and I have been going to the games there since uh, since that building opened and uh, never quite seen it just like this. Shoulder-to-shoulder, shoulder, yeah. uh, ticket price is crazy on the secondary market. Uh, just a lot of fun from that standpoint and a pretty easy win for Purdue last night. Brian Newbert's coverage, Mike Carmen's coverage all over the site, so make sure you check that out. Also a reminder to you, too, while you're at it, you will listen to us, uh, watch us on YouTube or on, on iTunes or your favorite podcast. Think about subscribing because goldenblack.com is a, is a great place uh, to get everything you need to know about Purdue football, basketball, recruiting. Tom Deanhart, head on a swivel. And that is really what we're, <laughs> we're kind of talking about uh, today. Uh, the subject matter, as much as anything, is this wonderful thing called the transfer portal. Uh, and uh, there's always uh, activity going on. Purdue, it by your count on the board, I think 12 in and now. Is that right uh, from the portal? Is that if that count is correct? Well, I know the count's correct. I don't know if I counted correctly. But yet, uh, even last night, uh, uh, still a lot of buzz going around. Ran into a couple of Boilermaker Alliance folks that said this this is still a crazy market. And uh, it's really, if you think it's the wild, wild west, it's the wild, wild west on steroids, at least according to those guys, in terms of just uh, a lot of a lot of things being thrown around. Uh, Tom, how, how are you keeping all this straight? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's the open market, Alan, just like me yeah. and you, right? Yeah. Um, somebody could approach Alan Carpenter and say, Alan, you want to come work for me for half a million dollars? I mean, happens every day in every other market. Um, I know it's unsettling to see this uh, in college athletics, a uh, uh, brave new world, if you will. Um, yeah, I mean, coaches can always have always been able to do what they want, Alan. They, they yeah. play on their teams before bowl games are played. And it's just, it's, just, it's a crazy sport. When you really stop and think about college football, how totally insane it is 
a lot of things are set up, especially the month of December with so much going on again with coaching movement, with the portal, with signing day, with bowl season. There's a lot of balls in the air. And somebody made the analogy. Can you imagine the NFL being in the midst of playoffs and suddenly having free agency? Yeah, right. Exactly. It's just crazy. I don't want to get off on a sidetrack here, but yeah, the portal is what it is. I know fans, a lot of fans aren't happy with it. And honestly, I wish it was 1985 again, Alan, believe me. It's yeah. kind of cool to see players come in and develop. You know your team. You watch guys matric- matriculate through. They really, I'm sure, gain an affinity for the university to become part of being a Purdue Boilermaker. Now these guys come in for well, as one-year mercenaries and – you know, unlimited transfers are coming, Alan. You, you could transfer every year now if you want. You could play at four or five schools in four or five years. So, yeah, that's fine, I guess. But, again, uh, I, I can't live in the past. We can't live in the past. This is how it all works. Where is it going, Alan? I don't know. That's that's a topic for people smarter than me. Are we going to have players become employees? What will revenue sharing look like if that comes? Again, that that's a giant topic. But yeah. maybe, maybe some structure, salary cap, who knows, is coming down the pike. But this is the reality right now. I know it's tough for the Purdue staff. It's tough for a lot of staffs, Alan. Just this last week, my friend, it was a shock to see Nick Scorton going to Portland. Right. I did not expect that. And uh, where it is, you know, he, he was going to, he was looking at offers of $600,000, a house and a car. And Purdue can't live in that neighborhood. They, they, they've really improved their ability to, to go a, a, attract talent and retain talent now, but they can't do it at that level. Can you blame Nick Scorton, Alan? Can you really yeah. blame Nick Scorton? I mean, if it was your son, what would you tell him? Yeah. So, again, I always try to remember that. If it was your son, what would you tell him? So, that was a surprise. Uh, and, you know, the portal closes January 2nd, I believe, at least this window. Then there's another window on April 15th to the 30th. So, um, the portal will close here soon. Uh, I don't anticipate anybody else going in. We've heard rumblings about some other players. Um, but, again, uh, it's you're right, have your, having your head on a swivel. You definitely need to have your head on the swivel here. Imagine what it's like for the guys in the Kozik football complex, always yeah. checking their phone or wondering who's calling them with, with, with what type of news. Um, and, again, from a from an entry standpoint, though, Alan, there are 12 guys who, who are coming into the program from the portal. One's a walk-on. I think the big takeaway for me is how the offensive line's being transformed. They've got four portal linemen already. They got one this last week, Josh Sales from Indiana. So you got four portal linemen coming in. You got two junior college linemen coming in, six veteran guys right there, and you got four high school kids. So the offensive line has a chance to be pretty solid next year, which is good news for for Hudson Card and the ball carriers. Uh, and uh, we'll see uh, once Purdue gets a look at its roster in spring football. They want to revisit, see where their holes are, maybe look back in the portal in April, maybe add a few more players. But right now, Alan, I will say this: on the website, I've got a running scholarship chart. I think. Yeah. I- pretty accurate and right now producer yeah. only has about two or three to play with right now yeah I don't, and again i don't know <laughs> you that, that great west lafayette education got you uh got you the ability to, to analyze and 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 uh use 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 logic to figure this stuff out because it is hard to keep track of you know it is you know even last night a lot of rumors and stuff going on and and we aren't going to go into all that but it is interesting because it's been pretty defined now that it is now every year you can transfer without the waiver. That kind of came down here recently. Uh, you would have to think that it there will that it will find some level of normalcy. Uh, this is kind of I think there's been the, is the 
term gold rush this past week, really, as much as anything, or at least since the portal opened, just because uh, there was some uncertainty about how often you're going to be able to do this, how long that will still be part of the ring, and, and the fact of what guardrails are going to get put on this, that's where it's going to be. You know, you look at Ohio State's situation last night in the in in the bowl game. They're down to a third string quarterback after an injury, uh, and of course Kyle McCord. That was the, probably one of the biggest stories uh, from a national level of him leaving Ohio State. But you know, Ohio State may be in the market for a transfer portal quarterback. What's to stop them? I'm not saying this is happening. What's to stop them from looking at any Big Ten Hudson card? Anybody out there? It's yep. you know, who knows. Who knows? And I think you take the best attitude of it uh, by dealing with, can't worry about it. You know, I'm reporting on this, you know, and uh, uh, it's Ryan Walter's challenge for, from their standpoint to be able to deal with all that. It, it's tough. You're right. I'm sure Hudson Card's been, been kind yeah. of with Alan. I mean, you, we all know the, uh, the the need and the want for us, a, a good quarterback. There's just not a lot of great, good quarterbacks out there, let alone great quarterbacks. And Hudson Card certainly is a very, uh, uh, comp, uh, uh, he's he's a very he's a quarterback who can get the job done for you. Yeah, no uh, question. And uh, yeah, again, tampering. Forget about that. There's tampering. <laughs> Back channel. People are reaching out to these kids. Their high school coaches, maybe advisors. A lot of them have agents. People contact their agents. So I'm sure that a lot of schools will kick the tires, if you will, and say, "Hey, why don't you go check with this guy over there and see? Maybe he would be interested in coming to our school. Here's what we can offer. See what he thinks." Again, that I'm sure it goes on everywhere, I would think. And um, uh, tampering or no tampering, that, that's the reality. So, yeah, um, a lot of coaches are holding their breath. Yeah. Nobody signs contracts to, to stay where they're at as far as the players go. So that, that raises your level of anxiety. Uh, you have to hope these guys are, are a men of their words after they agreed to some type of, a, of an agreement with you to stay. And um, Purdue suffered some losses this year. He talked about Scorton. I don't think they wanted to lose Deion Burks, obviously, no. either. I think Deion got a pretty good deal to go to, go to Oklahoma. I think they wanted to keep Dylan Downing. Um, yeah. He's a solid back who could have been a good number two uh, for him, maybe at least a number three at the very worst. And and uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, lost all those wide receivers, too, in addition to Burks. You know, you've seen left. He did Sheffield left, Mershon Rice left. Then, of course, Garrett Miller jumps in the portal. I think that was a bit of a surprise, too. Allen goes to Texas A&M. So, yeah, Purdue suffered his body blows. But, again, if you listen to Ryan Walters in his public comments, I mean, w- wouldn't you agree that he seems like he's, he's more pleased with what he has to work with from a collective standpoint, his ability not just to attract talent to Purdue, but also to retain talent? Uh, I get the sense that the Boilermaker Alliance is, has given him a better situation to work with. It's it's not as it's ne- never going to be as good as a Texas A&M or an Ole Miss, but – I think he feels like he has a chance to be pretty competitive when it comes to to talent retention and talent acquisition. Well, and I think the interesting thing, and you know a heck of a lot more about this than I do, but just watching him, he and again we go back to this thirty-seven, going to be thirty-eight here, what next month? But uh, he, uh, it, that seems to come in handy. I mean, he he seems to not at least on the surface uh, is calm, cool, and collected kind of just staying, you know, he knows they, it, there's no doubt that, and you've got sources there to talk about this being a circus and, and, and it is, but uh, you have the ability to, you got to deal with it. 
and you've got to deal with it the best you can and do the best you can. And you've got to have help from your collective. Yeah, that's stuff that the word that we didn't have any idea what that was two years ago, if, if not 18 months ago. Well, now we do. And that's uh, that has to be a functioning group. And, and you know, with with the hiring of Dave Neff and and uh, that they have now a full time CEO. And of course, we work with Maddie D'Addario as well. They they do. They're working at it. And I, even when talking to board members, and I've talked to a couple of them here of late, their biggest concern was kid, you know, how did they all have day jobs? They're all executives. They can't go out and, and uh, raise uh, the kind of money that needs to be raised. I think they feel like they're in a decent position. And you're just going to have to hang loose through this. Uh, I think if you're a Purdue fan uh, and see how this settles, I do think there'll be some things that will come up. They're going to have to be some things uh, in some, like you said, don't know exactly which direction, whether it's going to be go the contract employee route, but there's going to have if you're going to have competitive balance, uh, some level of that, I should say, uh, you're going to need to be able to get that figured out. So, yeah, yeah. interesting stuff. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I mean, I, I call in your breath every year. You almost have to reconstruct your roster, it seems like. Um, well, December's a train wreck. You just can't. It's yeah. not It's not workable for a bowl. If you're playing in a think imagine if Purdue was in a bowl game this year and what, you're try, what you'd be trying to do at the same time. I mean, yeah. I, I got to think Ryan Day and those guys last night, they're, they're on the sideline halfway. So they got people on the cell phone. I mean, Ohio State's taking guys more than, more than losing them typically. Yeah. But my point is it's, it's, it's nuts from that standpoint. It is. It's too bad the bowl season is supposed to be the apex of the season. It sort of turns into glorified spring games for the most part. They get gimmicked up by things like a pop tart bowl and and uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl, we, yeah, almost almost a little corny with some of the gimmicks to try to, I guess, add attractiveness to them instead of just living on the, the on on the on, on the bones of of, of of the game itself. Um, so yeah, it's uh, like I said, I, I couldn't imagine being Ron Walters or any coach just wondering, well, who, who's who's going to leave? Yeah, uh, who can I get? Uh, what's it going to take to keep this guy? Uh, you almost need a staff of three or four people just to help manage your roster. I don't, I don't know Joseph is the GM over there, and uh, Noah still has a full head of hair, but he may be a ball <laughs> man. It's all said and done, like me, because uh, he 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 has a big hand in a lot of things over there. He has his hand in everything over there. Yeah, and uh, dealing with the portal is one of them. So exasperating, I'm sure, for a lot of those people. And uh, again, not knowing, not 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 being able to count on for sure if guys are going to be there. Uh, just when you think you got one position sewed up, all of a sudden somebody jumps in the portal, like what happened with Nick Scorton. We saw Purdue pivot this week and, and sign the kid or get a commitment from the kid from Franklin College in Indiana. So you never know. Once you get one hole plugged down, it seems like another another hole springs open uh, on the other side of the room. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, Noah Joseph, also an upbeat, positive guy. The, the, yeah. the little I know him, I know you talk to him a heck of a lot more than I do, but uh, uh, these guys are going to be tested from that standpoint without question. All right, we are putting an end to 2023, a uh, interesting year. It always is when you look back at it, uh, obviously. And Brian uh, Brian and Carm covering basketball last year, the story, uh, pretty hard not to argue that the story last year was, was – uh, has been Purdue Bass men's basketball and the fact that the Boilermakers uh, win a Big Ten championship, but don't do what they need to do in the tournament. Everybody, like you said, the tournament will get here in time. But talk about just some of the things that you, that you look at from a football perspective, your top stories of the year uh, when you look back at uh, 2023. Well, I mean, the, the debut of the Ryan Walters there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. 
you're turning the page, going with, like you said, Alan, a young head coach, 37 years yeah. old, never been a head coach before, um, <clears throat> building a relatively young staff, um, a, a hire I think that most of us can agree they didn't see coming. So pretty really wanted to go outside the box. They certainly did. So the, the arrival of Walters and his debut season, I think, was was a big story. Um, and then um, just to bring it in, I think if you want to look at personnel football-wise, I think um, Hudson Card's arrival um, <clears throat> was key to get that alpha quarterback. He, he actually came late in 2022, but obviously debuted in 2023. I think I think Hudson Card's arrival and the development of him was a was a good storyline. Um, I'm not sure if there are any real signature wins this year, Alan. I think um, keeping the bucket is something that um, that was obviously a nice storyline for for Purdue football in 2023 as well. And again, just the just just again, some of the guys that lost in the portal with Burks and Scorton in particular were, were, were big storylines. So. Uh, yeah, from a football standpoint, I'm just kind of scanning through my head here. You know, the Ross State Stadium renovations being debuted, yeah. um, uh, the tunnel and the, and the south end zone, and that was that was pretty monumental as well from a football perspective. So, uh, yeah, you know, no bowl game, obviously a four and eight debut. So, uh, you know, 2024, I think um, schedule's tough, Alan. You know, another big storyline was. Washington and Oregon coming to the Big Ten to make it an 18-team league. And uh, the hill gets steeper for the Boilermakers and a lot of other schools. The Ducks come to West Lafayette this year. No divisions next year, Allen, 1 through 18. Um, what's going to be Purdue's measure of success? Yeah. Can they get to 6-6? Six and six? Notre Dame comes on the schedule next fall, Allen. Again, it's um, it's a full plate. I'll just say that's a full plate for, for the Purdue football program next year. Yeah, no doubt. You got Ohio State, you got Oregon State, Notre Dame. Go to Oregon State, like I said, Oregon coming here, Penn State, State to Penn State, to, Penn State coming to Purdue, right? So that uh, as well on that We're schedule. Just thinking about it, Jesus. Yeah, yikes. Um, I'll say throw this as we kind of bring this to a close. I, I think, and we kind of hit on this this year. You're the fan. I mean, I think 2023. You have to. You have to look at not only Mackey Arena. Uh, Purdue had its 65th sellout, I believe, in a row last night, and it's going to be sold out for the rest of this season and uh, all that. But I also think, and we, you and I and, and Brian have talked about this, but just the, the fan response at ross Eight Stadium. Uh, and I think, as you're right, you hit, you hit it on the fact that the, the tie-in with – with the stadium renovation and the improvements there. I don't think you, I think that was uh, if it wasn't a home run, it was a triple uh, in terms of what uh, the South end zone work uh, and, and what that uh, transformation was. But the fact that the fans came out after a four and eight season, we've talked about the Minnesota and Indiana games and both those games at near capacity, uh, extremely impressive uh, from that standpoint, that will be a challenge. Obviously you got to win games to be able to keep it to that level. But uh, I think that's a huge storyline for me tom you get, you to, know, you get the last yeah. word go ahead alan i got for this down on a tweet this week uh it was the produce highest average attendance since 2007 yeah it was terrific 58,249 you know time and again uh, ryan walters acknowledged um his appreciation for those fans continuing to show up like you noted especially in november like that minnesota game uh great crowd at that point when when the season was, was kind of tailing off a little bit the bucket crowd was pretty good too for a two teams that were out of it, uh, you know, playing over a, a holiday weekend to boot. So, uh, yeah, I, I think just turning the page, Alan, for me, um, uh, 
And uh, well, what's next for Purdue football? Like I said, um, I, is a bull is a is a bull a Mustang next year? What will fans think if they don't make the postseason? At least get to six wins. Um, you know, in this day and age, Alan, you know that the three the, the three in the the three to five year rebuild is over. Yeah, there's no results now, and you can really change your roster from the portal, obviously. So, you know, the honeymoon is officially over. Obviously, uh, uh, now people want to see some some results. Uh, and again, I think you I think you at least got to get to six wins. And spring football is going to be fun to watch how everything sorts out that offensive line, how it sorts out. Um, get a look at these new receivers, Allen. Remember the Florida Atlantic guy, Jamali Drain, missed all last. Yeah. He's, he's, he's going to be back. He's looking good. I think, again, lastly, just speaking of the portal, what's still to come, Purdue's still in on some couple wide receivers. The one kid from uh, from James Madison, they'd, uh, they've offered Elijah Surrett. Uh, and then uh, the Wake Forest kid, Jamal Banks, Purdue's in the running for both those two guys. Either one would be a nice get. And they have, they have one portal receiver now. Guy named Cam Brown from UCLA, but I, for sure they want at least one more wideout. Those are the two guys I know they're really focused on at this point. They may add another offensive lineman, Allen. They've got an offensive tackle named Luke Newman coming in from Holy Cross in January. And I think if they can find another cornerback, they would take one. Remember Christmas Day, they got the kid from Georgia. But I think if they if they could find another cornerback, they certainly would take him. So again, wide receiver, cornerback. Maybe another offensive lineman. Those seem to be the areas that that maybe Purdue is still looking to acquire some talent out here uh, in in the portal. All right. Well, stay tuned uh, on a daily basis because that's uh, that is uh, going to be a storyline certainly in Purdue football. We want to thank you, listeners, subscribers, viewers, uh, for all that you do for us in 2023. All the support to, uh, of our video and uh, audio products, but also we do write for a living and. and and Brian and Tom do a great job with that. So we definitely recommend you uh, some specials still going on with uh, goldenblack.com. Uh, we've had a tremendous response in our transition in the last year. We've appreciated that too so much. So have a great New Year's Day and a safe one and New Year's as well. We'll be back uh, next week, uh, maybe talking some football. Now we've got, a, we've got a men's basketball game Friday night against Illinois. So I'm not exactly sure of our simulcast schedule. We'll have Brian's post-game videos and stuff will be up uh, late Friday night after Purdue, Illinois. But uh, stay tuned. Uh, We'll look forward to and we'll have a a lot to talk about throughout the month of January. Have a great and safe New Year's. Happy New Year's all. Tom, thanks again for everything. And we'll see you next time on our Saturday simulcast. I hit the thing. Hold on. I'll cut this out.